we should get that. Okay. There's the warning. Hey. Okay. Very good idea. We should do that. All right. right uh, and I'm waiting for the link. No, it's a, no, won't let you. Error Zoom. You do not have permission to live stream. Yeah. Wow. That's where we well, need to. Oops. Yeah. Next time, I will make the Zoom invite myself from my Zoom account, and we'll see if that is the issue. Since but, it's not my link. But can you? But can you? Um... Do you yeah. have, can you put more than one, two people on there? Because you got the time limit or you've got the paid account. Well, you need I'm a paid account. I'm going to have to buy Zoom. But I think, I'm gonna, I think I'm jumping ship on Zoom and I'm going to go with StreamYard, honestly. No, 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 no. no. That's, that's a, everybody that's a YouTuber uses StreamYard. That's garbage. I've been on a few times. Okay. So we're going to broadcast tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll get the link. Everybody get the, the link. Um, we'll broadcast tomorrow night as if it's happening tonight. All right. That's all we can really do. Right. Or I'll turn right around and when we close it, I'll just immediately upload it. If everybody wants to stick around for another two hours, but that's fine. I'll you guys they, can cuss all you want and I can edit out the cuss words. So go yeah. ahead. Cuss the thing we can do if it goes tomorrow night is we can all promote it for the whole day and say tonight, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Steve, Steve Bassett tells us about seeing the bodies or whatever we want to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nicole, take it away. All right, here we go. All right. Well, I just gathered all of our usual suspects here tonight so we could talk about the UPT or the UAPTF report that came in, our nine pages that gets whittled down to, I think, six that have actual information on them. I know Steve, you joined me the other night on Spaced Out Radio. Melinda was supposed to be there. Tom, we all had a great discussion. Victor, Preston, you're the new one on the panel, <laughs> extended from Friday, but it's nice to have you along with us. Sinead, I know this is your first disclosure panel discussion that you've been involved in, but I think our experiencer panel went so well that I just wanted you along for the ride with this one as well. I think we'll have others join us a little later. And I know Preston, you have to sneak off, I think in about 40 minutes now. So if you would like to lead us off on your thoughts with the report coming out and anything you found interesting, why don't you just go ahead and take the floor? Preston Bennett. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, I mean, I've read this report several times hoping that there's something more to it that I'm missing. Uh, I'm disappointed. I, re I really am. And uh, you know, I've talked to some contactees about this, and I do know a person who's well-connected in the military and asked her about it. And she said, yes, there will be more stuff forthcoming. Uh, she says that the threat narrative is going to be ramped up, and that is going to be used to sort of clamp down on secrecy again. They're going to call this a national security issue and use that as an excuse not to release information. Uh, so I expect that this is really just beginning, this whole battle to get the truth out about what's going on here. Uh, I'm disappointed that this report is dealing only with simple sightings uh, when this is 
probably the least complicated aspect of the whole UFO phenomena. Many people are having face-to-face -face contact. And uh, the contactees I'm talking to say that the ETs are planning on ramping up their publicity campaign. <laughs> that there will be further major sightings that are very public. Oh, I thought you were talking Facebook. They're going to start doing some more Facebook work. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. We start a Facebook group. <laughs> we're we're going to get them on one of these panels one of these days. Steve uh, may have his first UFO sighting, are you saying? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? You've never seen a UFO? Oh. Hey, he yeah. was asking for it the other night. He said, please take me away or beam me up. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go anytime, but I, they're, not, they're, not, they're not coming. Well, they will. Wait, wait. Did I understand, Steve? You haven't had a sighting? No. <laughs> Closest thing uh, I came was oh at a Laughlin many, many years ago. It seemed like at the Laughlin conference, the original one. Apparently, oh, they did tend to show up. And I, we went out on the, the, uh, the river area there, river sidewalk, and there was something hanging in the air. It was daytime. It wasn't nighttime. A lot of people were looking at it. And I kind of watched it and watched it. That's the closest they came. And I'm, that's just not, not worthy of being called a true sighting. So. No, yeah. I've never had one, but I don't look up in the sky that much. I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I just don't. You'll have to go out with Melinda on one of her UFO tours. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She'll show, she'll show you one. Sedona, Steve. <laughs> oh, I'll be I'm there. Sedona, Steve. Steve. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to be there probably in about mm, five weeks, four or five weeks. Yeah, but I'm curious to see how. Call you know, me. Call me before you come so I can block out time to be with you. Okay. I'm curious to see how the U.S. government, you know, deals with this because uh, I think we've got a lot of ammunition uh, as UFO researchers to say that this is a real phenomena, and their absolute refusal to even use the word extraterrestrial in any meaningful way is so utterly disingenuous. I mean, we know they know, they know, we know they know. Uh, it's it's going to reach a point where this is going going to become a real hot issue i think i think the media is really beginning to latch on to this and i think that's good news mm -hmm. so i feel like this is going to get a lot more publicity it is going to be taken a lot more seriously and i don't see it going away i just don't think our government is going to cooperate i think they're going to drag their feet the entire way yeah i agree with you there and i think uh what I found most interesting that jumped out with me and still has stuck with me was on page three when it, they mentioned probably multiple types. That was just like, okay, they, they know what they're talking about here, even though they're still playing this. We don't know what they are game. You know, just the little snidbits are sneaking through, but yeah. I think I'll yeah. kick it maybe over to Tom or Steve here. And I know we talked about this is definitely a preliminary report and it is setting up the task force to become a permanent entity with funding, 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 funding. So go ahead, Steve, I'll let you jump in first. And then I would like to hear Tom's thoughts on this too. Is this going to be creating a whole new government entity? Look, uh, what's going on right now is extraordinarily complex. And so it's, boy, it's, it, I, I don't envy anybody that hasn't been watching the game for a long time. Think of it this way. 
Imagine that a play is being put on, on a big stage, and you're in the audience. And there's a certain number of people that know the script. And so they started the play off. And they actually know the script, so they kind of know where it's going to go. And it's going to go. But the way this is uh, being ducted, over time, other people actually go up on stage and become part of the play. But they don't know the script. They're basically trying to kind of figure out what it probably is and get involved in the play. And their numbers grow and grow and grow. So it's all it's being, it's on the stage and it is a play, but it's obviously not as cohesive as you would expect. And there are a lot of players here. It's also a charade um, in so many ways. Look, the, the preliminary report is just one lie after another after another. And all this business about, okay, we're gonna have another report in 90 days, we need to start looking at this, that's all charades, all nonsense. I am at, the, at this time, just give me an example. Right now, I have a copy of a briefing book that includes in it affidavits from SACBASE officers to the events that happened back in 63, four, five, six, seven, and eight at the nuclear facility. And I'm trying to push that into the Washington Post, force it in. And think about that, okay. Essentially, what, I've, what I'm trying to present them, what I've told them about, is that the Air Force has known about craft coming down and turning off our missiles since 63, which is almost 60, uh, 60 years ago. And, and they, 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 they shut, shut people down, they wouldn't let them talk, but those witnesses have come forward, but they can't get traction, they can't get a congressional hearing. These are real witnesses. These are real affidavits. And that's just seven affidavits. There's several dozen witnesses behind them. So what's the message I'm giving to the Washington Post? When the ONI says it's time, okay, we need to start looking at this so we can figure it out. It's an outright lie, period. The Navy has known what they are since the 60s, but actually all the way back to the 50s. And so what's happening is that the the DOD and the services or whatever is it, has been dragged into this because of the events starting in, uh, in 2017, they kind of know where it's going. They know what they already know, but they can't say what they already know because that would be awkward. And so they're saying what they can say to go along with the process. And it's lie after lie after lie. And as I've said many times, they're they have to lie their way out from under the big lie. And I'm okay with that because it, it's, it's, it would be easier on everybody if people just accepted that the, the, the emperor was, was clothed uh, with the idea that the emperor doesn't get interrupted. The emperor's going to do some, something nice for us. So far, so good, except that we just had a nasty turn of events. So this charade, this, this play has been going on and going on and making progress. More people have been joining. Admiral Woolsey turned up, not Admiral Woolsey, CIA Director Woolsey turned up on the stage saying, yes, I, I think we need to, this is, we can't explain this. 20 years ago, he told you to go to hell. Mm -hmm. He brought it up and he's actually savaged the issue. Brennan, Norquist, all of this. These are people coming up on the stage. But what's happened? What's happened is I think it finally, as the, particularly as the report started approaching, going back X number of weeks, some of the diehards over the Department of Defense decided, wait a minute, wait a minute, we can't do this anymore. This is getting, we, know, we thought this would just blow away, it would go away, but it's not going away. 
The New York Times, the Washington Post, article after article after article, my God, they're coming for us. Truth embargo is gonna happen. And, 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 and that cannot happen. I do not want this truth embargo to end until I am dead. Then you can have all the goddamn truth you want, but not while I'm working here because I am uncomfortable with having to deal with it. Screw them. So but what happened is this, they started to push back. So we finally, it took three years. I mean, for three years, we were seeing no pushback. But as we got close to this situation with the new president, and then of course the, the, the little maneuver by Rubio, which is a purely political maneuver. He didn't give a crap whether we know about the ETs or not. He wants to be president. He'll do anything to be president. The point is, is that they realized, my God, this could happen. And so several things have, have reflected this. One, they went after Lou Elizondo uh, in ways that are not clear, but it was enough that Lou approached the IG over at the DOD and basically said, this is not acceptable. Um, my character is being assassinated. I think this may have been internal, kind of going around the DOD. They weren't giving out press releases or anything, but they were, they were attacking him and he knew it. And so he approached him on that. And apparently he didn't like the response that he got from the IG's office. And, and then I think as he is watching things, and he's obviously, he's actually talking to the IG, he's pretty close to the situation. As we know, the DOD gave the IG the authority to kind of pull things together, pull the report together. He's seeing hmm, this isn't quite going the way I wanted. And so he raised that issue. Apparently that heated things up even more. So that Lou actually hired Danny Sheehan to be his attorney. I think you all know this. Now, Danny Sheehan is one of the best known legal activists in the world. In the 20th century, when he was at his peak, he was driving the government nuts. I mean, nuts. He was driving the nuclear industry nuts. He was like the progressive activist just doing all the trouble he, all the good trouble he could until finally they destroyed, they destroyed Christic Institute and drove him out of town. He had to pay a bunch of money, but fortunately Lawrence Rockefeller paid it for him. And he went West and created the Romero and he's doing some nice things. But now he's back in the middle of this because Lou brought him in. And Danny has been talking about this. Apparently Lou has greenlighted him to talk in some detail about what the hell's going on. So what I'm about to tell you now, he has said, in several public forums. It probably would say tonight if he shows up. 30 minutes. They have had meetings in Skiff in Washington, DC with 10, 15, 20 members of the inspector general's office and they are going at it. And Danny is going warrior mode. Right. He's going, he's going public and he is saying We've got to bring them down. We've got to have a mass uh, public movement. We can no longer leave it to them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so we know that, that there is definitely a uh, mixed martial arts cage match going on over at the Pentagon. Okay, fine. I noticed that. I was hoping it wouldn't be a distra distraction. But then, of course, the, 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 the preliminary assessment came out. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, well, this is asinine. This is ridiculous. It's an insult to our intelligence. It's a joke. There's things in there that are so laughable. Uh, I think it must've been written by a couple of corpsmen. They brought in and said, yeah, 24 hours, knock something out. We gotta get it out on the 25th and people will be upset with this. It's a catastrophe, it's ridiculous. But hey, when it comes to the DOD and the Air Force and so forth, they have done a lot of ridiculous things. So that kind of irritated. But what really got me out of my usually 
humorous demeanor is the response of Warner and Rubio. Have you, I think you all have seen the responses of Warner and Rubio. If you haven't, I'll be happy to send you the links. They are beyond disgraceful. It is awful. They're basically, what they were saying is, well, it wasn't, well, I think, uh, I think uh, Warner said, well, it seemed insufficient. But he said, well, this is the beginning. We can go from here and we can start trying to learn about what this phenomenon is. That is a lie. Warner knows exactly what it is. Rubio may or may not, he doesn't care. Warner has been around a long time and as head of Intel committee, I assure you he's been informed. So now the lies are piling up on top of the lies and they're expecting us to believe this. So if I can get inside the Washington Post with those affidavits on the fact that, 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 that the Air Force knew these craft are coming down and hanging over the nuclear sites and turning off the missiles, some of the editors may go, wait a minute. Well, if they kind of knew that in the 60s, what's all this about? We need to try to find out what it is. So what you're seeing is Warner and Rubio may have been forced to back off. There has been months when they had plenty of opportunity to talk to some people over at the DOD who probably gave them a number of reasons why, well, look, you know, Marco, Mark, I like to call them the Marks brothers. Uh, there's so much going on now. So many threats in the world, the Chinese, the Soviets, what, I mean, the Russians, whatever. Let, let's slow this down. There's no hurry. We can get around to this in five, 10 years or so. You know, kind of chill, all right? And we'll be more cooperative with you. I know you want a lot from us and everything else. You're the Intel Committee. We'll help you out. You need a vacation in the Caribbean? We can work that out too, whatever. I'm worried that that has happened, okay? Because what they put out is an absolute disgrace to Warner and Rubio. It's a disgrace to the Senate Intel Committee and it's a disgrace to the Congress as a whole. And it is incredibly difficult to, I mean, the Senate as a whole, it's incredibly difficult to disgrace or embarrass presently the Senate as a whole. And so I got really upset and put out a warrior type post. Then I took a Xanax and I chilled because I realized, wait a minute, Steve. Yeah, you don't wanna to go to war just yet and you need to see what's gonna happen because I think some other members of Congress are gonna look at that shit and go, oh, are you kidding me? Andrew Dark Car Carson has already called for hearings and he's probably going, wait a minute, wait, 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 we're gonna wait 90 days for, a, for the actual report to come? And so there's a lot that can happen here. But let me tell you something. The top media, like the New York Times and the Washington Post are filled with a lot of very smart people, very smart people. And they are starting to see this charade for what it is. And they don't like being dragged down, uh, I say taken down a path of nonsense and charades and having to write articles about it. Most of the articles that have been written about this by the Times and the Washington Post are basically writing about outright lies. They are literally giving the world an account of the charade as it goes on without happening to mention that it's a charade. Now that's not the way journalism is supposed to happen. And I can assure you, as they start to figure this out, they're going to realize, wait just a minute here. And so while I seem a little worked up right now, inside I feel a certain calm I think the DOD has gone too far. The ONI has stepped on its own, you know, what do you, never mind. And, uh, and uh, uh, Marco Rubio and Mark Warner got a little bit too confident that all that great press, particularly Rubio they were getting because they put that report thing in there, may not be enough. 
if they decide to back off of this thing, I think they're going to get a load of shit on this. But that's where things are at. That's how complicated it is. I'm watching it as close as I can, but I am starting to make direct attempts to force information into the major papers that shows what the ONI is saying and the DOD is saying and this preliminary assessment piece of crap is saying is absolutely a lie from beginning to end. Okay. Tom, jump in. You're in yes. the area too as well, right? Yes, sir. Well, uh, I think if, if they have another report in 90 days and even if it goes to the Senate, and there may or may not be something that goes public without that's unclassified. But if that happens, I see that as pretty big, good because that's another opportunity uh, for the press to cover something. And if they don't uh, keep submitting things to the Senate and to the Congress, then the press can basically drop the story unless something else comes up. So. I, I'm I'm hopeful that with this 90 days scenario that uh, there's going to be further press coverage of this whole topic, and that will be good. Another thing that I'm feeling positive about is the this uh, classified report that went to the Senate and to the con congressional committees. Uh, that's an opportunity to be leaked, and the uh, congressional committees are notorious for leaking like a sieve. And I'm holding out hope that maybe we could, we'll get to see a copy of that, or at least parts of it. I think that's good. Also, I went through this memorandum that the Deputy, Deputy Secretary of Defense wrote, and uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Um, now, the, the focus on that is on the DOD training ranges and installations. Okay, installations is broad. So... That really means anything, uh, any Defense Department installation. That's good. And uh, they're nominally focused on maintaining operation security and safety. But the, the interesting thing is the Deputy Secretary of Defense has specifically assigned to the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security to develop a plan to implement this UAP, uh, this UAP monitoring, you know, synchronizing collection, reporting, and analysis, uh, securing the training ranges, uh, you know, organization, uh, getting necessary authorities to do the work, uh, providing a timeline, and coordinating with all the the principal players, you know, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and secretaries of the military departments. And they're specifying in the memo that they want any UAP observations to be reported within two weeks. You know, that's pretty good. So I, I guess my remaining question is, will the public ever get to see the, any of this information? You know, I'm not optimistic about that, but from the documentation that I'm seeing, it appears that there's going to be an attempt to carry out this monitoring of any future UAP activity, and there, there appears to be an opportunity for further press coverage, and maybe there's an opportunity for leakage. So I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic now. Tom, but can I just ask you this? The United, what does it say that the United States military and the various you know, the 
entities that do high-grade high, high surveillance, have been monitoring UFO, UAP activity for 70 years. And then they say, what we need to do is we need to start organizing so we can monitor it. Do you see the problem here? The very fact that they're, they're, they're just doing it, they're basically saying, look, let's start all over again. Let's pretend nothing has ever happened in the past. There's a, there's a statement in, the, in this report that says, due to the lack of historical data from the Air Force, we can't, in, in, in that assessment, they, they completely forgot that there was a project, project Blue Book for 15 wow. years that studied thousands of sightings. Steve, that I idiot writes that well, and forgets uh, about it. Okay, but there, there's a difference. I mean, I agree with you, Steve, and we all, as UFO people, we know UFO history well enough that mm -hmm. this doesn't align with what we know. However, the DOD and the Congress and maybe even the president are going public with this subject. That's the difference. And like you've said, you know, there's a script and this is kind of like a kabuki theater. They have to lay the foundation uh, for this uh, to be discussed publicly. And that's what I think is going on. Now it's, it's just like a first baby step. They're not anywhere near where we know they should be. But uh, I, I think that it is moving in the right direction. I, I, I agree, and, I, and we were moving in the right direction. It was slow because of the political and the pandemic and everything else, and so it was easy to accept the slowness, but now that's all disappearing and moving into the past. Right. And so, um, Here, let me jump in real quick, not to yeah. cut you off, Steve, but Melinda, this is actually something you and I talked about quite a bit the other night. So if you want to unmute yourself and let's talk... Um, well, I, I think how we put it, Melinda, was the reversal of the Condon report. So unmute yourself and jump in this conversation. She's coming. She's coming. What was that? I said, this <laughs> what was that? I said, what Steve is talking about segues into the conversation we had the other night about this being a reversal of the Condon report. So I wanted you to jump in and give us uh, Condon Robertson and everything, but I, I, I have no doubt that anyone here would agree with me. You know, it's so funny. Um, it, going back to, I'll finish what I was just saying though. Um, yeah, I think this is a 180 on the government's position on UFOs in the past. Um, but at first I was very hopeful. I thought, I thought what came out matched exactly what Jim Semivan told me was going to be in it. And uh, whoops, I need to turn off what's something I've got going on in the background that's distracting me. Sorry. Um, and uh, um, and I thought it matched, you know, what he had said. So I was very hopeful. I thought there was a little more in there than I expected. I was uh, very disappointed. It was only the six pages, you know, um, and uh, or nine pages. And uh, and so I, I was very disappointed, of course, that there wasn't more and there wasn't specific case information, et cetera. But right away, I thought, OK, it's exactly what Jim said it would be. So I kind of knew what to expect. Secondly, it had, uh, as you and I discussed, Nicole, I thought it did a 180. Can you guys hear me OK? My yeah, computer yeah. looks like it's freezing yeah. up. Keep going. Keep going. 
Oh, okay, very good. It's just on, on my end, the image is freezing up. Um, and, and so I thought, yeah, it's a reversal of the government's position for 70 years. And uh, so, so that's what her and I were talking about. I, yeah, I thought it was a, a 180, a, a definite sea change in the government's position. And I think, but now as days have gone by, see, I was very <laughs> favorable at first. And now as days have come, gone by, I've become more negative, um, only in that um, I agree, for instance, today, Bob Salas uh, wrote something very interesting on Facebook where he stated all the obvious lack of historical, yeah, I see Steve nodding there, lack of historic um, information and, and it falling short in so many areas. Uh, and I agreed with everything he stated very much. And so I ended up then going, okay, is it what I expected? Yes. Am I disappointed it wasn't more? Yes. But at the same time, I'm a little conflicted because when I'm disappointed, I do feel it's a 180 on the government's position. And the fact that this came from the head of the intelligence community um, and, you know, from, from uh, the DNI office. And so, therefore, the head of intelligence, thus that, you know, saying that. Uh, you know, UFOs are real, um, they're serious, they're very important, they require a much larger investigation, and etc. So all I can say is yes to all that, and, and realizing this is the beginning of a long process. Uh, Jim has told me all along this would be the beginning of a long process. I think we're all clear on that. And so I'm conflicted. On one hand, I'm disappointed that there wasn't more in it, obviously, but I'm hopeful that this has not only created a 180 sea change, as I said, in the government's view and stated so officially, um, and as well as clearly the report states that there should be a bigger investigation and that there will be more. Now we have the announcement that I, I guess it's 90 days from now is the congressional briefing and we'll see you know, what goes with that. So I think we're all just waiting once again. Let me uh, right there, Melinda. I want to sneak this question into Preston before he has to leave. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. So real quickly, I know uh, a lot of us have kind of talked about the juicy elements of this being in the appendix part. And I was even glancing down at the last bullet point in, in Appendix B, number eight. It says, there will be recommendations regarding increased collection of data, enhanced research and development, additional funding, and other resources. Preston, do you think this is a little in for them to start coming to the UFO community and maybe seeking resources from those in the field that have been following this diligently for decades now? What yeah. are your thoughts on the <laughs> appendix? Yeah, I, I highly doubt it. I don't think they're going <laughs> to be come, coming to us because they already have way, way more evidence. I agree with what Steve is saying. This is lie upon lie upon lie. It, they, when I heard there's no evidence that these are extraterrestrials, I mean, that made me laugh out loud. These are obviously metallic craft that are moving way beyond our own 
most advanced craft, they know, they've known for decades what this is. They already have the evidence. Saying that they're starting an investigation is ridiculous. We all know how much money and time and effort they've poured into this. This is where a lot of our black budget is going. We know this. It's so completely disingenuous that I have lost complete trust in them. I was really hoping that they would release some real good footage. Show us a piece of metal. What happened to that quote? You know, we have material from otherworldly vehicles. Mm-hmm. Show us that. They are backpedaling and lying, lying, lying. I agree with all of you that this is very tightly controlled. My hope is that there's internal conflicts within this organization that's covering this up and that there are people within there who really want this information out. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's probably going to move a bit faster than we expect because of the pressure coming from the ETs. Uh, the ETs are real. This is a real phenomenon. They are watching all of this very closely. This is the information I'm getting from contactees. And uh, if our government does not move more quickly with this, they will. They have the power to disclose tonight. <laughs> they could do that. And I think that's why we're probably going to see a little bit more action. I'm not sure. Um, as Melinda says, is this a 180-degree turnaround? Mm, not quite, I don't think, because they are not flat out saying this is extraterrestrial. Uh, but I think what they are going to say is a complete 180 degrees that this is a national security threat. Connick Committee, Blue Book, um, Robertson Panel all said there's nothing to this. It's not a national security threat. Uh, that's we, what I meant. Y- yeah. Yeah, that's what um, I meant. So, yeah. But uh, so I think, yeah, they are going to say it's a national security threat. But they're not saying really that there is something to this. They're saying eh, me. it's a lot of mealy mouthed hand wringing, is what I'd call it. Uh, so I am very eager to see how they try to handle this when there's a major UFO event Uh, because the evidence is coming one way or another and I don't think it's going to be from them. Yeah politics as usual continues to be theater right Um, so it's it's more of the same in some ways but still disappointing and actually Victor would you like to speak to any of the points that anybody's made so far so anything you'd like to jump off of here? Oh it's it's almost like trying to comment on 15 things at once Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to do that. Uh, um, yeah, I, it, the, the points that everybody's making, and it's, it's quite clear that uh, what we've been handed is a, it's a dead fish on a plate, okay? So let's just admit that to begin with. <laughs> I like that. It is. Um, I think we have to admit a few things, or just look at a few things, is um, uh, we have been looking for this kind of acknowledgement, you know, for 60 years. Um, and now we've got it. It's been put in our lap, dead fish or not, okay? Uh, it is a form of acknowledgement. I think we have to accept that. And in that sense, it's a, it's a big deal. But how do you accept, as Steve is saying, other people are saying, how do you accept lies that are being put in your plate? And the other metaphor that I would use is uh, for so long, we've been pushing this disclosure car up a hill, you know, a very, very steep hill. We're all behind it, pushing like hell. Um, and now we're over the top of that hill. We, we've got some sort of acknowledgement. And now we're starting to push the car downhill. But there's a problem. Uh, the people inside the car got the brakes on. And we are going to have to do something to get them to take their bloody feet off the pedal, off the brakes. And what, what I would advance is the idea that Steve is, is, uh, is sort of harping on is that we have to raise this nuclear issue and re-manipulate the press. 
re-manipulate the press to come to the understanding that this stuff has been going on since the 1960s with the nuclear shutdown tampering issue. That to me, and I've had enough conversation with Bob Salas, I, you know, Bob and I talk a lot about this. That is the key issue. Why would China send over craft to shut down our missiles? Why would Russia send over craft to shut down? That just is not, that's just absolute ridiculous rhetoric. The fact of the matter is, off-world civilizations are coming here, sending us a message uh, that we've got with the affidavits from Patrick McDowell, uh, Dwayne Arneson, uh, Bruce Fenstermacher, uh, Charles Holt, uh, Robert Jameson, Jerome Nelson, and Robert Salas, okay? Once they get those seven documents in their hands, and I plan to do this up here with the Toronto Star, and with CTV News and CBC News, okay? So I'm gonna be working in concert with some other people that wanna do that. We've gotta get that those documents in front of the press. And instead of the press reporting in favor of all of the crap that's on that plate right now, that's, it, Steve's right, they're reporting on lies. We've got, the, we've got an opportunity to allow the press to now report on something that's factual. So they will report instead of reporting uh, for the for the government for the DoD, they will begin reporting against all of those lies, and those affidavits will be the beginning of how the press will be able to react to the lies. So, to me, that's a very pivotal point that I think we've got to um, somehow generate the Washington Post, uh, New York Times, whoever else is in charge of that kind of thing with those editors, and get them on top. Of We're witnessing a new set of Pentagon papers here. Okay, and that's what's going to have to happen. These documents will become a new set of Pentagon papers and the Pentagon's going to have to deal with it because nobody can tell me or anybody else that I know that the Pentagon doesn't know about the tampering. They've known about it for for 60 years. Okay? <laughs> yes, yeah, of course they do. <laughs> they, <laughs> they've known about it. I mean, it's, it's been there. So all we have to do is get those papers out in front of them. That's why I'm calling them the new Pentagon papers, because that will be the, the key that will turn the car on, have the brakes, uh, you know, uh, have the feet taken off the brakes, and it's going to be a sail down, down the hill to some better form of what's going on right now. So that's what I'll say right at this point. Some quick points here. One, from the beginning, for, for a very long time, the nuclear tampering witnesses are the witnesses of all of them. Uh, no, no disrespect to David Fravor, the nuclear witnesses are in another place altogether, which is why the, the, the DOD literally has never acknowledged them at all. Nothing. They don't exist. And, and somehow they were able to convince the major papers like the New York Times and the Washington Post to not acknowledge them. They gave a press conference right here in the press club and there were a bunch of press there and there was no follow-up. And the Washington uh, Metro reporter, Metro editor came in, wrote a funny column about the cookies. These are sack base officers. And so because these nuclear witnesses who have been alluded to by Elizondo, right? They have been alluded to, they've not been excluded. I think some of them might've been in one of the identified shows. They are the biggest threat to the truth embargo. And so that's point number one. Point number, so, you know, the DOD is scared of that, but there's really not much they can do about it. But unfortunately, we have the records and I'm already on it. Trust me. Okay. Now, the second point is this. You want to talk about this 180. Not quite. Back then, 
they said, you're seeing something else. It, you know, it's a balloon, it's this, it's swamp gas, whatever. You're just seeing something else. And so what you're seeing is not even what you think it is. Uh, but whatever it is, it's not a threat. That was their general position, okay? Here is what they, where they have come to now. Yes, you're seeing something real. And whatever it is, we don't know, but it could be a threat. That's not a 180. That's just more game playing, all right? And by the way, the whole, this, I, I'm a big thing on language when it comes to things like this and, and activism. The phrase, are UFOs real, or, or is, is one of the dumbest non sequiturs of the entire 20th century. It is utterly absurd. You're seeing something, yes, but is it real? Well, of course it's real. I can see the damn thing, right? And so what UF, are UFOs real came to mean in the truth embargo is, is what you're seeing extraterrestrial? But they couldn't say that basically saying, is what you're seeing real? What? Okay, so I'm going to jump in there, Steve, because please. that is such an interesting question. And Bob is here. He hasn't spoken yet. So, Bob, I'm going to kick that to you and your overalls. I've given your overalls some props in the chat, but that's private, and overalls should be publicly admired. So I just wanted to publicly admire. A dying, a dying style. Bob, but, 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 please, uh, you know, if there's anything you want to speak to at all that anyone said. I just well, I, li I, I, I live in Alabama, so, so, and I work outside a lot, so i got to wear overalls because I'm in Alabama. Okay, so uh, Steve is a terrifically powerful advocate for his, his position, and I want to support his statements that what is needed is very well-informed, knowledgeable people need to put the evidence they have, so long as it's supported with some documentation, in front of every Congress critter involved on these committees and every major newspaper that might pick it up and run with it. Now, if they're just, just, just uh, want to also point out that... Um, the reason I was late is I was absolutely consumed yeah. by uh, by Corbell and Knapp on TMZ showing new videos that because I had been told by my usual friends that Corbell has been cut off. And so I wondered if this video was going to be new and it come from an official leak inside the Pentagon. Nap made it clear it did not. So multiple people that were on those ships in 2019 took out their cameras, videos, et cetera, video cameras, cell phones, whatever, made their own videos, and they have some of them. Now, the problem with this, of course, is we're trusting. We're mm -hmm. trusting. We don't know the providence. We don't have a government guarantee behind it to whatever, whatever that means. So it's going to be a little bit problematic, except these things look really interesting. And so I've got it on DVR and I can go back later. Sorry, I was late. Okay. So, um, but I, given, given that I've been in and around government for a long time, uh, I want to say that I've heard senators from a senator from New Mexico, a senator from uh, mm -hmm. uh, elsewhere, congressman from Texas. We're talking about the thing that was interesting to me is in the last few days, right-wing uh, Trump-loving Republicans and left-wing progressive caucus Democrats 
are all speaking the same language, which is sure. we yeah. don't like this stuff. We're not, we don't like what we're seeing. We have all seen more than this and we want to mow no more now. So I think what is needed is to try to push these Congress critters into having hearings. So, and you want to, you want to get with their staffers and prime them with questions. So the staffers have time to put it together so that the Congress critter is, is completely prepared to do the acting job that the staffers prepare them for in terms of these uh, congressional hearings. Because that's really what we need is congressional hearings because these, these witnesses, uh, unless they poke someone out who's not very high level and doesn't have much knowledge, are going to find themselves in the hot seat. And I just think we need to prepare them. Uh, and if it gets way too hot and turns into a real uh, you know, nuclear explosion, the Pentagon's going to retrench. They're going to go in, they're going to hide, they're going to close the door and just stop speaking. So there's a tightrope that has to be walked. Pressure that helps them speak, get more data out, hope other witnesses from these ships come out. So on the TMZ thing tonight, Lieutenant Grays was on, and he said that they were involved in several near misses off the Virginia coast with these, these uh, cubes, these metal-looking cubes inside these spherical shells where the, medical, where the cubicle uh, edges were touching the shells. And they had many near misses. And he thought it was, uh, he, and that was the reason he got up on his high horse and demanded that the commander report these incidents to the Navy. To the Navy. And he is there telling the same story again. Uh, then he's the thing I like about Graves is he's extremely consistent. He never embellishes, never adds to it. He tells the same story over and over, and and he's ta now talking about all during the time of the maneuvers from off the coast of Virginia to the Teddy Roosevelt training mission that went on down by Florida. Uh, they saw them every single day sometimes in the hundreds and they were up for hours and they suspended themselves at an altitude nearly immobile over the flat the, the 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 carrier group that's expending an amount of energy that we don't have no idea how to produce in a vehicle without refueling and no refueling was seen so these are just major things that just kind of need to become out so if you want to help reporters and congress staffers ask the right questions, inform them of what some of these already in the public witnesses are saying so that the right questions can be asked. I mean, we can, we can jump up and down the stomp, but we can also help a good outcome happen if we're given the right opportunity by so helping prepare them for the right questions. So agree with you there, Bob. So agree with you. And uh, there was something Grant wanted to jump in and, and ask or say, Grant, go for it. Well, I just wanted to point out, um, which I pointed out on the last um, panel, is I think everybody still has this thing backwards. The idea that everybody has sort of bought into is that the Department of Defense suddenly decided to make a disclosure on UFOs and then they pulled it back and lied to us. They had no intention of doing any sort of disclosure, any sort of report. The only reason they did was because on, on October the 4th, 2017, Lou Elizondo resigned in the morning and he and others helped put off Jim Semivan, Chris Mellon, uh, Justice. 
brought in the New York Times and sat down with the New York Times for three or four hours, showed them videos, gave them documents. Leslie Kane said they basically spelled this out for us. And then it went back to uh, Tom DeLong's organization. And Melinda Leslie was having interviews three years ago. They're on my YouTube where Jim said, we're going to put pressure on Congress. We're going to go in there and we're going to do briefings. And you can even see the latest uh, statements by uh, Bill Nelson, the former uh, senator, who's the head of NASA, who's now talking about NASA um, investigating UFOs, said that he was still in Congress when he heard the pilots. And he said, the pilots are telling the truth. I talked to them. He was in the original briefings, and this is years ago. So what the situation is, is that they put tremendous pressure on Congress. Congress wrote it into the COVID bill. And that's what forced the Defense Department to do this report. They didn't want to do the report. So, of course, they're going to stall and they're going to drag their feet and they're going to do whatever. The one thing I wanted to sort of point out that I've seen as I watch this is that um, there seems to be a couple other things. And I mentioned this on Twitter that um, yesterday morning in my email box was my reply from the uh, uh, Freedom of Information Act request I made the day that ATIP broke. I actually got the famous reporter from New Hampshire, his name is escaping me, who asked Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton the question. I went to him and I said, file an FOA right away. It's first come, first serve. Get in there. Ask a question about ATIP. So he filed an FOA. I filed an FOA. I finally got my reply. The reply is dated the day before the report came out on the 24th. And then I saw on Twitter, and I haven't really checked how many there are, but somebody else got a reply. Almost like somebody has greased the skid. Somebody has said, get these FOIs. Because these, these things were stalled for three or four years. And suddenly, every, the same day, everybody starts getting these F FOIs. The other thing is, I say that we had, um, Nicole and I, we had a discussion and Jim and um, um, uh, James, Jim, James Fox was on. And James Fox said that he had, I asked him about Podesta and he said he had talked to Podesta and that Podesta was active and he was going to talk to um, Biden about putting a UFO investigation inside the Office of Science and Technology Policy, which is where the Rockefeller Initiative documents came from. And they're the people that give, that, that have instructions for NASA because what happened in, in the Carter administration was Jimmy Carter sent his his uh, <clears throat> science advisor press to NASA to do an, an investigation on UFOs, and NASA's budget had been cut. So they came back and said, "We can't. We there's no way. We don't have any money to do another blue book." They just and the CIA sent this letter and said, "Don't dare get involved in UFOs again." And then what happened was they said they made this little sign off and they said, well, if you've got some metal, we'll, in, we'll investigate the metal, we'll analyze the metal, but we don't have any money to do a UFO sighting. So I know that that there may have been an initiative where uh, Biden uh, gives a nod to um, Bill Nelson at NASA to, to make this move. And that's what I think is the most important thing is what's happening behind the scene, because suddenly you had these FOIAs released. You had uh, NASA starting to talk. And the story is, so I filed an FOIA today uh, with the Office of Science and Technology Policy to see what they've got on UFOs and what kind of conversations they've had with NASA. But the thing, the bottom line is that people have to realize the Defense Department, the last thing they want to do, they're forced to do this report. So the, the pressure has got to be put not on them because they're always going to stall their feet. The pressure is to be put on the congressman to keep the pressure on because that's why they're doing the report because the congressman told them to do the report. I want to add one thing that, but on Grant to follow up on Grant and to enhance something. Uh, 
one of the things that I am told, having been doing space stuff for a long, long time, is almost every person that's ever been in orbit has seen something. And I want to remind people that Bill Nelson flew on the shuttle for over a week in the 1980s. I believe he saw something and it changed his life. And because he is the first NASA administrator ever to cross over the Space Act boundary where Department of Defense and CIA can veto whatever they're doing and say, we're going investigating UAPs. He's the first, and I think he has Biden's ear. <clears throat> Boy, there's so much here. Grant, oh, you're muted. And I, I don't know where to begin. Uh, first of all, Podesta pulled his punch. Uh, just make a general rule. Put this out there, folks. Anybody says anything about investigating anything, dismiss it. Okay, just dismiss it. It's, it, we, we don't need more investigation. They've been investigating relentlessly for 75 years. We need disclosure. And to get disclosure, we need hearings. But investigating and saying we should investigate is a way to engage the issue without offending somebody. So I don't know why he pulled his punch, but the last thing they need is an investigating entity within the, what? The government well, spending well, billion. What? Well, let me let me defend him at least to say that at least it's going to the Office of Science Technology Policy, where we're going to get some investigation as to the science and technology behind it, rather than going to the Armed Services and Intelligence Committee, because you're talking about Carson with this we calling for for hearings. If you read his Twitter, he's calling for hearings on the threat that we got to look at the threat behind. This is a national security threat that if they go to Congress briefings and he's in charge, I mean, basically they're going to be talking about the threat. They're not going to be talking about ETs. They're going to be talking about the Let's get some arms. Let's get some money. And that's the part that disturbs me. So I at least agree because Biden can't touch this. Bill Clinton said that before. He said it's the it's the tar oh. baby. The president can't touch it. So indirectly, they give the nod to this guy to give the nod there and they make things happen without. That's why the FOIs like who give the thing with suddenly all these FOIs are being answered. Uh, look, uh, hang on. I'm, I'm... You're lost in space. Um, that's OK. Look. I... I would like to bring up. Wait, I'm not going to turn this on. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm practically climbing out of my skin here. <laughs> Go ahead. Go no, ahead. Really? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll pose it this way. Um, the Twitterverse has been alive, and I've even questioned this a few times over the last month or so. We all know Lou Elizondo was quoted as saying, you know, we're taking this into second gear. Yeah. And after some time passed, I started to wonder wh where's third gear? What is third gear going to be? Well, the Twitter versus alive Lou is being quoted as saying it's time to shift it into third gear now. So what does shifting it into yeah. third gear mean to all of you? We can just kind of do a round Robin. Let's start with Victor. You've been quiet longest. <laughs> That's one of my fortes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somebody's printing stuff upstairs. Uh, He's a polite Canadian. Yeah, get off yeah, his back. Yeah, well, don't get me going, okay? I see how polite I am. So third, th what does third gear mean? Uh, well, to me, it, it third gear means uh, re-engaging, and as I said earlier, re-manipulating the press. Because once the press gets a hold of this, and in the right way, if we can put, put this forward to the right journalists, and uh, it's something that I've wanted to do for, for so many years, 
and it's happening now, it, it, but they're not talking the same message or the right message. So the third gear to me would be that the, the media being re-manipulated by people like us, well-informed individuals Uh -oh. We're doing the bidding of, of publishers and, and, and editors. So we have to re-inform, re-educate some of these journalists, some of the key mm -hmm. journalists on the bigger newspapers and even, uh, you know, cable news and all of that. We have to re-educate these people. And the only way to do that is provide them solid information. So I think that's probably, in my mind, what third gear might look like. And then once that's gone, once that's done, then we're, we're not just in third gear, we're going to be in overdrive. With, with, the, with the journalists saying, how long has this been going on and why don't we know about it? Why all the lies? What's going on here? And now you've got a different set of, pe of Pentagon papers moving forward to eliminate the obfuscation of the government because they've done it for too long. And the only way out of this, folks, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, you know, uh, the, the media in some ways are our best friend. In some ways, it could be our worst enemy. But we have to co-op these people into understanding that they have a role to play in this and they have to discover the truth in the right way from people like us that will inform and educate them. So that, to me, that's the third gear. Wonderful. Thank you, Victor. Tom, I'm going to call on you now. What's, what's your perspective on our third gear? I think the third gear could be Luis Elizondo spilling more of the beans. And that, it's interesting because Lou has gone on each and every media program imaginable. He has been everywhere. Yeah. And uh, certain narrow-minded people have criticized him for that, but this, it should be actually the opposite. I think it's a very smart thing to do because Lou has been very explicit that he, he's extremely careful not to step into classified information territory. But even if he did, Maybe if he said a thing or two that, that technically is, is a, a violation, he's so public at this point that it's going to be difficult, I think, for the DOD to go after him, for the Justice Department. They to are go going after him, Tom. Well, but that, they're that kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I'm talking about being prosecuted for disclosing classified information. Well, at first it starts behind the scenes with, with the lawyers, and then it moves out. And it's not about classified material. They're pressing him on the NDA. Lou was getting frustrated, and he kept pushing it. You could see he was pushing it further and further and further. And finally, they struck back. And so they're saying he, uh, he violated some NDAs, and they erased all of his files. Or they said they erased his entire email files. Danny thinks, no, they just sort of made them go somewhere else. This is getting serious, folks. This is getting serious. So, so uh, and I'll, I'll step back. Well, I'm, my point is that because he has gone so public, that provides cover for him. Right. And uh, it's like, you know, it's like the old saying, they don't want to prosecute you because that, that would, they would be implicitly admitting that that person had something, uh, had, had important information. So that's, that's what I think could be third gear. And Danny is, uh, Danny's coming on with us. He'll be able to address this directly. So Nicole, make a note. Let's ask Danny this when he comes on, sure. um, because I know he's encouraging Lou to talk. At least that's what Dan's told me repeatedly. Right. Dan Sheen's told me repeatedly he's encouraging Lou to say more. So um, I know that he's, you know, advising him 
on this third thing. So, what's your your thoughts on third gear? What do you think third gear is? Oh, gosh, sorry, guys. Um, Well, you know, coming from uh, from Lou, um, I think it followed up in what he said. I'd have to refer to his text um, about. uh, about all of us getting involved. I think it was to uh, encourage, that's, that's it. I think he was encouraging everyone in the community to get involved and um, to, uh, I don't know what all he meant by that. Again, I'd have to look at his, out, his text and the, the later part of it to, to know exactly what he said. But I'm, my, the feeling I got when I originally saw it earlier today was that he was encouraging the community to, to get involved, to take action, to do like Victor saying, to contact the media. And uh, I think he meant that. And I also think he meant um, contacting your elected officials, et cetera. So I think that's what he meant. 